What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, folks. Despite the fact that I haven't showered in three days, Jason's anti-roundover tendencies and Nick's unhealthy addiction to leather dye, this podcast continues to be sponsored by our astrocoded friends over at Bits and Bits, who, by the way, have never seen one episode of The Golden Girls, ever. Hmm. They're still a good friend, though. I mean... <laughs> and we thank them for being our friends. Thank you for being a I like like one Golden Girls tchotchke on Facebook Marketplace, and that's all I get fed now are Golden Girls magnets, mugs, and t-shirt tchotchke. Well, you're a super fan. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Continue. I really, I mean, I didn't say I, didn't say I haven't ordered them. Now, <laughs> since Bits and Bits aren't lounging around watching reruns of four single women sharing a home in sunny Miami, they instead are making their own spiral bits for routers and the CNC right here in the U.S. of A., where... Most New Year's resoluters are trying to figure out which gym they want to join and not go to in 2022. Hmm. 2022? Holy cow. That's nuts. Now, after Bits and Bits takes their freshly made bits out of the oven, they grab a bucket of Astro Coating and dump, dump, dunk them like fun dip until they are fully astrally coated. And this Astro Coating through extensive Door-to-door interviews and online surveys has proven to give these bits higher speeds and feed rates and extend the life of them by up to not one, not two, but three times. Bits and Bits are also constantly coming out with new bits and expanding their tool selection. So check out their new tools page at bitsbits.com and get yourself some bits and some of those bits over there as well. And don't forget, they also take the great American Whiteside router bits and Glaze them with their Astro coating so they can be fully optimized in your routers and CNC robots. And finally, Bits and Bits is also <laughs> an authorized Festool dealer. So hurry up and get some Festool people before the price increase. And be sure to go check out all of Bits and Bits' offerings at bitsbits.com and use coupon code MORSELS15 to save 15% off your next order of router and or CNC bits because every time... You use that coupon code, my morsels get one step closer to being organic and fair trade certified. Mm, mm. Sounds nice. And happy birthday to my nephew, Henry, the big one O. Oh, nice. That's all. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Henry. Yeah. Little buckaroo got his Apple watch. He's so excited. Hope you f***ing crush this year. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Was that inappropriate? (laughs) Not for me. For a 10-year-old, maybe. (laughs) Hey, so before we move on from the bits and bits ad read, true story. Okay, I'm not going to use any names here to protect the the parties involved. Innocent. But I got a DM from a follower who said they bought a router bit, an Astro-coded router bit. They didn't say if it was bits and bits. They said they bought an Astro. Is there another Astro-coded router bit out there? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's trademarked. Well... They said that they used it and the Astro coating came off the first time they used it. I don't think that's possible. Like what? Like a jacket? Like you just took a jacket off? Like it just peeled right And off? I said, what? Or send me just... a picture. So they sent me a picture. And I was like, it looks like it's still on there. 
And they're like, no, it completely came off. <gasps> oh my gosh, the wax no, coating? You're I know where you're yeah, going. Me. So come to find out, it was the wax coating <laughs> around the bit. <sighs> they believe this oh was gosh. the Astra coating. Wow. Mm. But it was not. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the bit. That's the most fun part. I love taking that stuff peeling off. Peeling that off. I was like, no, that's, that's the best. That's supposed to come So, out. Oh, boy. So he must think that his table saw blades come with Astro coating on <laughs> all the tips. Astro-coated. It's awesome. It just Why doesn't does... last very long. No, and it burns like the dickens. <laughs> what a rip. This isn't three times. Uh, but I did ask if I could. Um, I told them I wouldn't say a name, but I asked if I could share that story, and they said it was okay because they thought it was funny. Too, oh, that's but... funny. Okay. All right. Well, you can it tell It was tell Jonathan Jeff his... Moses. I'll find their one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he caught it all in slow mo on his right, on the phantom. I was rental camera, dying. yeah, the phantom. But I mean, it makes sense if you're new to woodworking, which this person is. You know nothing about, you know, why wouldn't you just assume yeah. that's? I don't yeah. know. Anyways, uh, on that note of new things, we got some new patrons. Patrons. Oh my gosh! I just figured out Patron Tequila. Is that does that just patron in Spanish? Yeah. Whoa! I didn't. I didn't even put that together. Wow. I just had an aha moment. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, we got some new pa- patrons. They're uh, St- <laughs> Steve Cunliffe. <laughs> mm. uh, we got Alex Fabian. Fabian. Tony Buckeye. Brad mm. Crittenden. Yeah. Daniel Freeland, Alexander, no last name. Uh, wait, is Alexander at Red Point Woodworks or is this? No, nope, separate. So just Red Point Woodworks, no name. Yep. Okay. No name. Red Point Woodworks. Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's multiple people. We don't know, but we appreciate them. Then we got Joseph Hanrahan. Nice. Mm, yeah. Mm. I found I can pronounce I like things that. better if I do it in an accent. Yeah, well, an if it's accent? a weird last name, if I try it with an accent, usually I get it pretty close, I think. Um, Aaron Jensen. <laughs> and then we got a new top-tier patron, and his name is Scott what? Holland, at Elevated Wood Design. And mm. then we got a ton mm. of returning top-tier patrons, but, you know, we'll tell you all about them towards the end of the show, so stick around for that. Mm. The mm. Hey, you guys! Merry flipping Christmas! Merry Christmas! Yeah. Dude. Yes. Hope you guys all had a, Feliz a good one. Navidad. Anything exciting happened? Get anything? Any good presents? No. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Well, like my wife and I don't do gifts, and like my family, we kind of stopped and just getting mm. the kids. Yeah. Because, you know, we're adults and we don't need to right. buy things for each other. Stress yeah. over that. Me and my wife didn't um, do But I did either. get, like, because my, it's just so much yeah. easier. It right? is. But I did get one of, I, I think it was like, my sister bought it, but it was from my niece and nephew. Or maybe it was from all of them. I don't know. But it was that Theragun oh, massager. Yeah. You've probably seen, like, holy crap. It's nice, isn't that it? That thing is like a, like, have you ever seen a a bobcat that has the, uh, drilling attachment on the end for pounding out like concrete. A jackhammer? Like that's what that, yeah, that's what that thing feels like. It is unbelievably <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Like scary mm. powerful. 
So do you like it or are you scared of it? Oh, I love oh, both. I'm scared to turn. I'm like, this is so intense. And I was like, oh my God, it's only on level one. <laughs> it goes up to like five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my shoes started to rattle off. Like I got to back it down. Yeah, it's really cool. A couple of years ago when those first came out, I, I tried to be like a cheapskate and I just bought an attachment for my cordless jigsaw. Let me tell you what, what? that's it's not it's not the same. They make ah, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like a for your, for hard rubber sawzall. ball, like a lacrosse ball with a, a yeah. jigsaw T shank on it and you hook it into any oh, jigsaw my and God. Just, you know, let it rip. But it's it's a little scary because you know, jigsaws are a lot louder than the Theragun. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a nice massage, but now I got a migraine from that thing right. pulsating next to my head. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your jigsaw and two aspirin. Wow, but I guess it'd be nice, like yeah. with the Festool jigsaw, you could hook up the dust extraction so it'd suck off the dead skin cells that are... Yeah, all that lactic yeah. acid. Yeah, <laughs> suck right away. Out. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that was kind of, uh, Yeah, what about you guys? Anything you guys do home? gifts, Nick, you and your wife? No, we don't do gifts, but we did. We got ourselves something this year. Ooh. We went on a vacation without our kids, and we actually just got back today. Nice. So um, they we spent, were there Christmas and you guys left for Christmas morning? Well, we were here all for Christmas morning, <laughs> oh. yeah, but, but right after that we left. <laughs> See you, what are the tires screwed? Right. Where did the mom and dad go? We are out. Where'd you guys go? You posted a picture of your view, but I didn't see where it was. We found this bed and breakfast resort in the East Tennessee Hills out in Newton. Let's see. What was it? Newton? No. Newtown? Newton, oh, I don't, I don't remember the name of the the town it was close to in East Tennessee, but it's in the Smoky Mountains, mm. and it was literally like ten to fifteen minute drive off the highway up into the hills, and you just had this awesome overlook of the you know Great Smoky Mountains. It was, it was nice. It was mm. like this old. So the wow. story of this place was like it was built in the seventies as a private residence, and then for whatever reason those people like left the place and it went abandoned for a while and then in the 90s somebody bought it and renovated it turned it into a bed and breakfast and then now the current owner bought it from them like in 2009 or something and there there was actually a cmt reality show shot there in 2009 oh wow about like Mm. making this place an inn so i'm trying to track down like an episode because that seems kind of cool but it was awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, as cool as something really related to country music could be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as cool as it gets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, coolest uh, thing, there was a wood-burning fireplace uh, you gotta love in that. our room. It was great. And they brought us fresh fresh wood every day. And I kind of felt bad. I was like, yeah. this kind of looks like hickory. I wonder if I should, I should like, take <laughs> sure a couple with me. Yeah. <laughs> Sneak some out of my luggage. We stayed in a awesome. cool place, too. Wow. We went down to Tucson for Christmas. Well, we actually flew back on Christmas Day, but we were down there the days leading up to Christmas, and I found it on Airbnb, but it was built in 1888. Ooh. I started researching it once I got there because the house was really cool. It was built by a lawyer in Tucson in 1888 and then was bought by a cattle baron, but it was huge. It was an all-brick house. It had six bedrooms and every bedroom had its own full bathroom shower like everything yeah 
And they had like a this place was. balcony on every level that like went outside. It was just really, yeah. really cool house. And there was a little pool in the backyard. Wow. So you didn't have to go anywhere. The kids were just thrilled to be somewhere awesome. outside the house with a pool. So what more could you ask That's for? Killer. And it was across the street from a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> so prime location. Perfection. Yeah, it was great. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you guys if you knew about this. I couldn't. I tried to look up like research about this. This this place we were at, the uh, some of the doorways were really deep. Mm. Like you could open the door and the door not come into the room. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was a French door, the French doors would open and they would not go into the room that you're walking into. That is deep because like, the, the doorway is that deep. So, what was in what's that up space? With, what's up with like nothing? One, well, I take that back. Closet? One of them was a closet on one side, and the other one was just closed. But I, I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the reason was. Elevator? They had an elevator. Dumbwaiter? But it was somewhere else. Huh. Hmm. Sounds like maybe that was where they hid the white lightning. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, in like multiple rooms, though. Yeah, well, you got to... Keep a lot of it on hand. I don't know. I don't know either. I stayed in a house one time that was really old, and the walls were super thick. Not that thick, but like a normal wall is like six inches maybe, and these are like 12, 15, all the walls. And I was asking the owner because it was a bed and breakfast, and they said that the house used to be completely heated by a giant boiler. Oh, And the walls are that thick because they run like the piping through all the walls. That the so water radiates through that radiates mm. the heat. Cast yeah, iron. Yeah. Nice. So. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if it was something like that. I mean, this place was built in the 70s, so everything's much more modern. But yeah. they, it's definitely like the architecture is very like early 1800s plantation style. I have a friend who built a house three years ago, and he built it. And the only source of heat is a boiler. And so he's got like a legit boiler house that's a wood-burning boiler. <laughs> wow. With piping under what? all the floors. Go out there and feed the boiler. And so he has to like all winter long goes out and feeds the <laughs> boiler with this. And he chops his own wood. And he loves it. I would hate that. But That's so much work. He's, re- he's a retired so firefighter. And he's like, oh, I love it. It keeps me young. And he just chops wood like four days a week. kill over <laughs> doing it one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should go work for a, a train yard where they steam locomotives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shovel some coal. Probably like his dream job. <laughs> when Lindsay and I were work, looking at houses, we found this. It was an old, it was a crafts, a Sears Craftsman kit house that you could buy online back in, I think it was the 30s or 40s. They deliver all the parts to your house and you put it together like a freaking jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. But the boiler in the basement looked like a space capsule. It was black and humongous. Like it was worth, it was the cast iron alone could have been, I don't know how many thousands of dollars worth of recycling. But, you know, we're looking at this like, we got to replace, like, how do you even get this thing out of here and replace it and put something? If I find, I think I have a picture still on my phone, but it was the most, it looked like Sputnik. (laughs) Like it was a launched Space capsule. It was when you looked at it, thing. did it open its mouth and say, Hello, Kevin? 
And then Bumpus's dogs came. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a front of front of front of Holy good goodness. times. Yeah. Yeah, we flew back on Christmas Day, which originally I was a little bummed about because it's like Christmas Day. But man, nobody's flying on Christmas Day. It was nice. Hardly mm. anybody's flying at all right now, I don't think. Well, I know. I think that's part of it. But when we yeah. bought our tickets, it was like $1,300 a ticket or something crazy like that to fly the day Man. after <gasps> Christmas. And it was like 350 oh. to fly on Christmas Day. Wow. So that was an easy decision. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you fly first class as usual or you had to be in the back? No, we with were Coke, first class. With, uh, the riffraff. The, oh, yeah. okay. Once right. you go okay. first, you can't go <laughs> back, man. I felt hey. bad for my sister. Your wife and son who had to sit in the back and coach. <laughs> well, yeah. Economy. No, they were, Exit up, road, at least, they were right? up there with me, but I felt bad for my sister because I was texting her while I was on the airplane because they had a later flight. And she's like, we just bought two sandwiches at the airport and... Took three bites out of mine and found a bunch of mold on the inside. Oh, I was like, oh. And you're like, we just had lobster Newburgh and we're we're having hot fudge Sundays now. (laughs) She's like, she's like, did they feed you on the plane? I was like, well, they started us out with um bowls of champagne, (laughs) warm nuts, and then um I had chicken with baby asparagus and roasted cherry tomatoes. (laughs) With a light garden salad. I was like, and they just dropped off warm cookies and ice cream. (laughs) Oh, and there's my robe and slippers. Perfect. They did give you sleep masks and a damp, you know, washcloth to wipe your face. I love the hot towel. That's why I love Mm -hmm. going out for sushi. There's Mm -hmm. the hot towel. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Elaine, you haven't experienced first class. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true, though. I know. And it's amazing they make everybody, I think they do it on purpose. They make us coach. Oh, yeah. Walk through. It's like walk through. I mean, Mm -hmm. some planes you go left for first class and right for coach. For other ones, you're you're normally walking through. You, know, you can yep. tell how agitated they are. Like, oh, what are you brushing by me with your yeah. coach? Brian Regan <laughs> does this whole stand-up bit about like people sitting in first class, and he's like, they're always on a laptop. You walk by them, they're on a laptop. It's like, I'm making money right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can't even afford for a carry-on, and I'm making money just sitting here. <laughs> oh, I honestly don't care about the food and like all that stuff. It's nice, but I would gladly pay that much just to have a big seat with plenty of leg room that reclines back actually like a decent amount, not just like right. enough to oh, yeah. piss you off. Right. Enough five degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually four and a half. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Oh, yeah. okay. depending on the airline. Mm-hmm. Southwest Between four and like six. Two, 2.75. I think mm. it leans forward on Southwest. <laughs> right. You gotta make room. <laughs> to add one more chair. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, well, um, should we do something crazy as far as our podcast goes and maybe like talk about wood projects you guys are working on? Oh, man. I guess we we could. Yeah. It's not out of the question. Yeah. Um, Keith, how are things (laughs) going with you? I love how you just so gently. um, (laughs) Anything... Happen? Anything jumping out at you? In your neck of the woods? Yeah. <laughs> Any, Any damage need repair? Any projects you're just falling over right now? Or? <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> and 
Yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen, I made these two floating nightstands, French cleats. I hung them on the wall, and I was doing the intro for the YouTube video, and I was trying to be all cool. I'm sitting between them. I'm like, I made these with brass and uh, epoxy inlay, and I pushed them back, and I was like, and they're pushed to open, and it like only one opened, and then the whole thing fell off the wall and <laughs> smashed to bits, and Jerry was sitting on the other one, and he took off, and I was left <laughs> literally in the fetal position for about 10 minutes. Like normally I would just shout like expletives, but I was in such shock and I could hear my, my wife waited for like five or 10 seconds and she didn't hear anything. So I heard her yeah. from downstairs. Are you okay? It's like, yeah, I am. But oh, I'm afraid. Man. I was afraid to look at Ugh. the nightstand so when I flipped it over. You said those weren't for a client though, right? Right. Well, but I was planning on putting them up for sale. <laughs> oh, well, oh, slightly boy. used. Right. right. That's dent and scratches, you know, like floor models. Yeah. Yeah. So at a slight discount. Yeah. Very slight. Man, and but you sent the, the pictures hand, of the damage, and it's like, as far as like the drawer face goes, especially like you couldn't even really fix it. I mean, right? I mean, the drawer face, I th no, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, people like. I mean, you the know, drawer face, you, you could do doctor, video. you could like cut it down and then add like a border to it of solid walnut or something like that. Yep. Yep. But the corner on that waterfall, I don't even know what you'd do there. My hmm. first thought was I'm going to sand down the top and the side to expose raw wood again. And then I'm going to try and steam it, mm. try and steam out what I can. Cause it's just crushed fibers, obviously extremely crushed. But we'll Mac see what crush. can be steamed out, and if that you know doesn't work, then maybe try and cut a patch like a little Dutchman to inlay there. So you'll probably still you might still see a little bit of a a seam or a joint there, but it's such you know it is small. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'm just gonna I I don't know. I I just need some time away from it <laughs> to uh, yeah yeah <laughs> to think. Um. And that, yeah, I mean, it could have been worse, but it was still, it's just so annoyed for all that. Well, it just goes to show that even when you don't purposely round over miters, nat mm -hmm. nature just <laughs> does it for you. They're out to get me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I'm, I, and I've just never seen that happen with a French cleat before. And I think because it was like 15 inches deep and then when you, the door comes out, drawer, I mean, it's like cantilever and it just created like a giant seesaw and it just. Slipped right off the French cleat, which were both, you know, rubioed, so they were super slippery anyway. Oh, and yeah, they just, yeah. And it just went whoop. So do you not, um, did you not put like a nailer strip on the bottom of the thing? Nailer strip on the bottom. Because whenever I do like a French cleat on like a vanity or like these side table or, yeah, side tables that I'm working on. Um, yeah. I do the French cleat at the top to hang it on and then I'll do another just strip along the bottom. So after I sit it on the French cleat, I can put some screws through that bottom piece. Oh yeah. 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 I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. But, Cause that I mean, just I've hung... keeps it from being able to pop up. But yeah. right. most of the time you don't need it. Cause usually, I mean, those are a little light, I think is what the issue is. Yeah. If you have something They're heavy light on and that short, French cleat, it short can't and pop long. Up. Yeah. 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 They're more meant, yeah, I mean, for cabinets, nothing, the cabinet's not going to fall off the wall like that. And that no. giant white oak media cabinet I built was hung on a French cleat. And obviously, you know, it's just a lot, but yeah, it was just too narrow and stuck out too far. And good Lord, did that. Did Ooh, your reaction I'm, I'm just, was 
it was perfect. That was genuine. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's exact. You could see the like frustration and just disbelief mm. in your face. I felt so bad for you because I've I've been there. I had the I, oh, I know <laughs> the vanity fiasco sh- of uh, 2017. Yeah. I don't know. What I wish year I had was. done it in like <laughs> 4K so I could have like really screenshot my. But every time I watch it in slow, you got to make the reaction. oh no real. You know? oh, yeah. oh yeah, yes, yes. You've got to, you've got to do the oh no real. Oh man. <laughs> See, I was so fortunate when that bathroom vanity fell off my workbench that it had like a grain matched um, wraparound corner on it. But mm-hmm. it just missed that. So that wasn't damaged. It put a little ding in a drawer face that I was able to steam out. The biggest damage was two of the drawer slides broke because all uh, the drawers mm-hmm. came like crashing forward and that kind of got <laughs> bent when it, you know, landed. Yeah. So all I had to do is really replace the drawer slides and do a little sanding. But man, I, f- I felt for you, buddy. Yeah. And it's funny because I had done one take already and it would have been perfect. I said everything I wanted. I, when I pushed the drawers, they opened perfectly and I closed them. And I was like, you know what? Let me just shoot one more, you know, with maybe a little different inflection or say something a little different. And uh-huh. I'm just glad the, <sighs> the camera was rolling. Well, so really. Was, you know. If it makes you feel better. Um, I pretty quickly took to Instagram making fun of you for that whole thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then... Only a few hours after I made fun of you online, I was Karma. working on my own floating nightstands <laughs> and made a mistake that I spent longer fixing than it took me <laughs> to do the initial work. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. I bought these two marble charging ring things, and I was going to inlay them in the top of the cabinet. And I ordered on Amazon. I assume these are all like machine cut with like a water jet or something. I don't know that they'd be precise. So I took one out. I took the measurements. I got out the shaper origin. I cut it to fit. It fit absolutely perfect. Just a little resistance slid in there nice. I was like, great. So I went over to the other top, cut that one out, pulled the other one out of the package. And it was literally at least an eighth of an inch smaller than the first one. That's wild. Like, I don't even get it. How you know, are they cutting those things? That it's that difference of a tolerance. Well, and it's, well you had a 50-50 shot, too, because if you had pulled if out the, got the smaller one, one... It wouldn't have been a problem. Or, yeah, the smaller right. one, it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, but you would have just made the... <laughs> I was so mad. And it's in the top of this nightstand that's all grain match. Yeah. It's not like I can... Oh, man, I was letting some explicatives fly there for a few minutes. <laughs> And then the only uh, thing I could think to do was either cut the other one to match and then do some sort of accent ring around right, it, yeah. make it look purposeful. Or what I ended up doing was I had an offcut of that, basically that same piece that kind of mm-hmm. matched the grain a little bit. So I cut out the exact same size hole, plugged it in there, and then recut it. So you honestly can't tell. Nobody would know unless I pointed it out. But if you get down and look, you can just see like a hair of a a line around right. the outside. But mm-hmm. oh. it was karma. It's because I was making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's karma. No, that's karma. That's karma. Yeah. yeah, that was fu- that was funny, though. Yeah, we, I guess we both had some, some snafus. But I will oh definitely make sure that those are securely mounted on the wall when I go to <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> lesson learned. Like, hopefully other people learn from my mistake. Because oh. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah, I think but mine the, uh, are heavy enough 
that even without my nailer strip, I think it would oh, be Oh, yeah, because you're double tall. Yeah, you should be fine. Double tall. Because it needs, the whole mm-hmm. reason the French cleat works is it needs some material hanging down Downward to like press, press, right. yeah, to press against the wall. Against the wall. Ay, ay, ay. But, I mean, the good thing is this is my best performing YouTube video in 10 months. Oh. That's great, man. Nice. So mine will so, probably oh, flop because you got yours will probably <laughs> you got the nightstand. You up all the nightstand. People have already watched yours, so yeah. Um, so actually, question about YouTube for you guys because I um just today I was I just went to look at the monetization of it and see like where the ads were placed, and YouTube only put one ad in there. In I think it's like an eighteen like minute video. Yeah, one mid roll ad. And huh. I look back at my other ones and they're like two or three minimum. So I'm like, great, three days of people watching this and I'm missing out on, you know, potential revenue because it only had one ad. So I put, I put a couple extra in, spread them all out. And then my wife watched the video and two of the ads that I placed in there weren't there. And so I looked again at the monetization little kind of fine print and it says some ads won't show up for all viewers. Oh, really? Hmm. Like, why not? Interesting. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. So I started going back through all my older videos to see, like, how, yeah, and some of them only had one put in there, one mid-roll. So I, now I get to be more know. diligent I about checking. I literally just click the little things and yeah. publish. I never place ads or anything like that, so however many's in there. And I've never go back and watch my videos after they're published. I don't know how many Right, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, well, I used to, I usually. used to, I used to place them because I wanted to put them in perfect spots where they were, you know, it was a good cut. And then like you, after you said, I just hit yes and put them all in there. I was like, yeah, I'll just do that. It's easier. But now I'm going to have to go back and just check the mid rolls and see how many there are. Mm. I don't know. They usually put a ton of mid rolls in if you are over, what is it? Oh, if you're over eight, you get one mid roll. And then. Yeah, okay. If you're longer than that, they usually stick a ton in. Hmm. Yeah, I think mine was 16 or 17 minutes. I don't know. It seemed like at least two should be it. Now, they're obviously doing one before and after, but it seemed like there's plenty of room in there for two. Hey, this next video that I'm going to do is going to be one of my shortest in a long time. I edited most of it today, and I'm only at like 26 minutes. Yeah, I figured. Shut up. (laughs) 26 minutes? You talk too slow. Normally I'm at like 37. Wow. <laughs> well, this one ended up being a long... I thought it was going to be a shorter video because it's just a nightstand, but it ended up being longer because I made that mistake and I included that in there. Yeah. And then I ended up making those drawer pulls, which that was kind of a oh, yeah. long process too, so... hmm Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But... Nick, how's the... Uh, oh, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I was going to say, but I want to hear about Nick's bass. Guitar. Build. Now, Nick, I got... Well, number one, I watched the whole thing beginning to end. Good. I loved it. I loved Thanks, it. Man. Like I just I mean, you're so good with the cinematography and just the pacing. You could have talked um, a little less though. I yeah, know. I mean, I had the volume down. I was yeah. actually it was I was driving to Boston. I just had it right in front of me on the steering wheel and That's I not a great video to watch while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Thanks for the view. <laughs> I was just driving in a straight line. It was good. But I got some questions yeah. for you. Um, so why did you pour Phil before you died? 
before so, you put the dye on. You um, anytime you want something smooth, you mm. you pour fill it. Do you remember yeah. when I did my dad's music? Uh, yeah. Cabinet. Cabinet. Yeah. I pour filled that whole thing, and it was smooth like glass. Yeah. That's what you want typically with an instrument. Um, but you don't do it on the front because then the dye won't soak in right. all correctly. Like you'll get that filler will yes. start dying and it'll look weird. So you don't dye the or you don't fill the front. Oh, you but did you, fill the front. That was no, I didn't fill the, the back. Front. Yeah, just just pour filled the back. Oh, and the I missed. Sides. Okay, I missed that part. So okay. yeah, well, maybe I should have made that more clear. But yeah, yeah no, I only pour filled the back and the sides because that was the ash. I left yeah. the maple open. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. So the other question then, I know. I mean, I know so wait, you're, you love the leather dye. Let me clarify. Yep. You just filled your ash. Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Every morning at eight a.m. All those cracks get filled. Okay. Right. Just wanted to clarify yep. that. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> so the other question is like, I know you love wait, the leather wait, dye. Wait a second. I, Sorry. Yes? I just want to clarify one more thing. <laughs> so wait, you just filled your swamp ash. That is correct. <laughs> okay. After a long, hot day. All right. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's enough for me. Okay. I mean, <laughs> um, and I don't know much about dyeing, staining, because I don't stain, but I've taken a class on um, with Mike Maselli. If you know him, he's like world-renowned furniture upholsterer and finisher. I know the so name. I've, yeah. I've seen what he can do with aniline dyes and... It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I and it just seems like with the leather dye, it's muted. It's very kind of it's not as vibrant and as like the the way you did it with the red and the orange and the yellow, like I love the flow of that look uh-huh. and the black outside. It just seemed to me like it could have been had more pop with yeah. a different dye. But maybe you weren't going for that. Well, that's because I chose an oil finish that is like a satin real matte kind of finish. If I would have done like a, a polyurethane or a nitrocellulose lacquer, that would have popped like crazy. Like mm. if, if you go look at other guitars that have that same style burst, like those colors just jump. But mm. I, I hate mm. shiny guitars, like that plastic look. Cause I mean, okay. I mean, you guys like Rubio because it's not fake looking, right. you know, not that right. film finish. I don't care. Yeah. How it yep. looks, it's just easy. <laughs> uh, the truth comes out but i i can't stand like the new guitars where they've got like a hundred coats of polyurethane sprayed on them and they're like indestructible back in the day when they were using the nitrocellulose it would break down and it would crack in like age and weather and look cooler but all the mm-hmm. new poly is just it's indestructible i mean it's like spraying plastic Mm, so yeah. I went with this this oil, and it's actually something that I found from some other makers that do guitars on on YouTube and stuff called Velvet Oil, and it's very similar to like, um, kind of kind of like a uh, a water locks where you wipe mm. it on, let it penetrate, and then you buff it off. Okay, and that's that's as simple as it gets. Like that's all I, I really had to liked do. the finish. It had like just the right amount of sheen. Yeah. Like it looked really, really good. I liked it. 
Thanks. I mean, I was looking at it on a phone going 80 miles an hour, so it was <laughs> a little Nick, difficult. So I appreciate you got to learn this phrase, okay, when Keith is talking to you, and it's, I don't have to justify myself to you, okay? Because all <laughs> Keith just wants to, to do learn, right now is bro. question all your methods. Well, I'm trying fine. to learn because I don't know. Well, you can see the, the other beauty about this oil is you can build up the sheen with it. Had I gone like five and six coats, you can build mm-hmm. up a little bit more of a gloss on it. But I stopped at three because you have to wait like 24 hours for it to cure before doing another coat. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get it done and I was anxious to play it. So <laughs> Is it a Martin? Like, three, three, we're done. Is it what? Is it a Martin? Your base? A, a Martin? A, oh, no, no, no. Oh. It's, it's, so it's, it's a, it's modeled after a Fender oh. uh, precision base. It just looked like a Martin. But I Frankensteined it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I walked right into it. <laughs> Woo. I didn't even see. Uh. <laughs> Oh boy. Holy moly. Oh boy. Anyways. Well, I liked it. So, but I saw a little teaser that now what are you doing? Electric guitar? Yeah. So over over the break, uh I order you know some of my guitar bass instrument stuff. Well, actually I ordered the top for this bass from Stumac. They're just like an online uh guitar resource parts, whatever. And they they were running a special, and they hit me with an email that was like two hundred dollars off these kits. And I was like, I've always wanted a Fender Telecaster guitar, so I'm mm. going to do this electric guitar, and I'm going to do something that's called relicking, which is basically taking something that you make as new, um, and make it look like it's been played for sixty years and mm. been on the road, distressed. so like a road worn, yeah, d- real distressed and we call shabby that, chic. We call that DIY, yeah, yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be a DIY. <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's you're making out of power, power exactly what it is, right? Right. But it'll be a lot of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my boy to help me uh, put it all together because there's no. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you're gonna, you're gonna get your boy to help. Yeah, Jimmy you Page, it. who's your boy? No, he's going to, oh. yeah, I'm going to have, have him help me distress it. Mm. I'm going to have him help me do the whole build because, like I said, there's so no gonna power tools So you're going to just hand it to him so. and be like, here, son, play with this like you would any other toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty Pretend much. it's the kitchen table. Here's a fork. <laughs> this is your brand new Christmas present. Yeah, remember what I yelled at you for the other day? Yeah, that's okay. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. My son would be great at distressing stuff. Boy. Oh, mine is the best. No. <laughs> but it'll be fun. It's not a really hard build because it comes all pieced, ready to go. But, I mean, you just attach everything. I mean, I got to finish it first. But it's kind of mm. weird. You finish it and then assemble it. Mm. So, mm. Well, pre finish like most pieces of furniture. Well, well, not. I mean, you I mean, build them like a cabinet. You build it and then you finish it. Yeah. And you put yeah. it all together. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be all fun. But I've also got on the horizon, I might. Might have picked up a uh, commission for another guitar for really? a buddy of mine that's in Nashville. Yeah, I You're don't know. Becoming if quite he wants the luthier, dude. It's <laughs> I, I tell you what, making this bass has kind of got me a little bit of a bug because it's it's a lot of fun and it's not too terribly difficult. I don't want to like act like it's easy. I mean, it is difficult, a lot of precision stuff, but. Like it's a lot of fun to make something and then be able to sit down and you know rip a song on it and be like, dude, I put this together and dude, you need to do sounds good. a drum kit? kit next. I've seen some awesome I would love that. like handmade drum kits. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would really love that. I'm I'm thinking for this guitar, I'm going to get some really crazy quilted maple veneer and just veneer the top um, with, you know, instead of, so the base I made has a eighth inch cap, which is a lot thicker, obviously, than veneer. But you can get really, really crazy veneers and then just vacuum press them onto a body that's mm. already got the shapes. So the other thing that I didn't do with this bass, it has no body contours at all. Mm. So like typically instruments have like a, a tummy cut. So do it's you more have comfortable. to, hold on, I just want to clarify. Do you have to fill your body contours as well? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm trying to lose weight in 2022. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, right. That gym membership. That's right. That gym membership. You know it. I still got that, <laughs> I still got that 2020. <laughs> uh, Is that like but, the freshman 15? <laughs> yeah. I've been a freshman about three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> this year. <laughs> That's right. But at, uh, so that bass has no contours. So it's just, it's what's called a slab body. And they did that mm-hmm. back in like the early 50s up to the 60s. And then they started making them more comfortable to play. So like there's an arm relief for your right hand and there's a belly cut out. So I'm going to probably do that. But how do you actually get those contours with, you know, uh, an eighth inch maple cap? <laughs> it's hard. You don't oh, want right. like you want to Dig bend over that arm contour so veneer is the easy way to go but aren't you going to have to bend it in multiple directions is that going to be possible no 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 you but would if, you would literally just have your 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 flat body uh-huh and then you cut the arm contour that would be for your armrest and then the veneer would just bend right over that oh okay so it's just bending it's not like a compound bend where it has to no 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 just one but to do that with like an an eighth inch cap you would need to like kerf cut the back so it would you know bend Mm -hmm. over rather than just snap or steam bend it or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah you're gonna bend over your body that's right Right. yeah where are you gonna put that tree griswold (laughs) interesting but Right yeah, it's, you're gonna make a, a whole band by. Uh, you guys are yeah. gonna be like the partridge the family. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That'd be fun. I I really want. I like. I have this thing in like this video idea in my head where at the end of making this guitar, I want to like what I did with the Black Smoke Rising. I want to start. I want to play that guitar riff, mm-hmm. and then I can play the drums enough to where I think I can play that intro, and then. Film oh, so you me could playing play the like, guitar, so the drums, own, and then like the a bass. Band. All on screen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah one-man band. A, yeah, one-man band. Do like a three-way split screen, and hmm. then maybe YouTube will let me put it up on <laughs> on, mm. on the internet. Oh, yeah, that's questionable. Do well, you guys I ever mean, get I'm frustrated be, like, that like if you could use any music you wanted, you could make videos so much cooler? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many times I film something, I'm like, man, this song would be awesome, but you can't do it unless you don't want to right. make any money on your video. That's exactly right. Right. But I I think I looked I looked into it more and you can use up to um I think it's under ten seconds. Really? Of copyright is fair use. Oh. So that's how people get away with, you know, throwing in like a, a movie clip that's like, you know, two seconds. Uh, yeah, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, I wondered about like that. Like you too. with your uh you with your video clips that you did with Mel Gibson and yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So does each mm-hmm. one of those cuts, like, does it start the timer over when you do those, like, cuts back and forth between you and Mel talking? 
Yeah, so that's a little bit <laughs> more dicey because the it's an I mean it's a computer algorithm that's picking up on this thing, and depending on the timing, it's gonna try and figure out whether or not it's the movie, right? Yeah. So if if I cut it up enough to where it's not gonna flow the same as their sample that they listen to to you know match it, then yeah. it won't recognize it. Mm. But if you play something that's thirty seconds long, it's gonna it'll ding it immediately. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I tried yeah, it. Really. <laughs> I I uploaded yeah. the my my base build, you know, just to see if it would hit it, and yeah, I think it was like five seconds after it said processing. It said, "Got to be nope, careful, copyright man. You're gonna get some strikes." No, they don't do strikes for for copyright like that. Um, they just say you can't monetize. What do you get a strike for? People talk about strikes. How do you get a strike on YouTube? I want to try and get one. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think if somebody claims that you're uploading their whole content, you can get mm. a strike. Um, mm. Plus, like community guideline stuff. If you're uploading, you know, bad stuff, porn, uh, right? Anything that's not in the yeah guidelines. Darn it! Because I have yeah, this idea for people. me and J Cats to do uh, like naked and afraid episode. Oh, you should totally do it. Just I'll do your blurring. <laughs> oh, yeah. See if it was I'm blurring, it'd it. probably be okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Naked and afraid. Wood shop edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, you've got wood. Uh, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be good. Well, me and um J Cats actually are meeting up this next week not this weekend, the weekend after in Phoenix. I'm bummed, guys. Back. We were going down there. William Douglas is doing this meet your maker thing, and there's going to be a big meetup, and we're going to do this whole shebang. But me and Jay Katz were talking, and we're like, man, with the way the unicorn variant or whatever it's called is <laughs> popping off. <laughs> oh my gosh. We decided a meetup with 150, 200 people is probably not the best idea right now at ground zero because Arizona's going crazy. So. We're still going to go hang out with Will at his shop, but we're not going to do the meetup. So that's a bummer. Mm. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. But I think it's the smart decision. So, yeah. I would feel terrible if a bunch of people were coming to an event that I was a part of and then there was like a huge outbreak. So I don't want to super spreader. I don't want to risk that. Nope. Not worth yeah. it. You got Workbench Con coming up. In- yeah. I wonder, are you guys at all curious if. Oh yeah, that's gonna get affected at all. I'm yep. not worried about it. <laughs> I will say this: it's in, even it's if in Georgia, even if WorkbenchCon gets canceled, I already got my tickets. I already got my hotel room. Me and Jeff are still Let's gonna go. go. So, and I think a lot of people would do the same thing. Just be like, Probably. "Well, let's just meet up at the hotel and hang out." And honestly, okay, sounds like a good time to me. It'd be fun. I mean, that's what. Everybody loves the most about workbenches. You just can't tell your wife that the actual event was canceled. Right. (laughs) She listened to this podcast, so she'll know. Oh. Oh, boy. Darn it. (laughs) What's your wife's name again? Uh, Mine? Yeah. Kiki. That's right. Kiki RN. Yeah, that's it. Keith knows. All right. Slides into my DMs. Yeah, she messaged me and apologized for your snoring. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Which, you know what? In the new year, I'm, I'm going to say that you're healed. No, yeah. I wasn't about to even, I was gonna say going to say I was going to go get therapy? some help. Oh, you do oh, okay. need some help. So yeah. I went camping with a friend of mine a couple weekends ago. 
and we were sleeping in a tent together and he snores so loud. And then I'd be laying there like awake because I couldn't sleep because he was so loud. And then he'd stop breathing. Mm, and I, I would be listening and he wouldn't be breathing and he wouldn't be breathing. And it was almost like always just the point where I was going to like shake him and be like, Sam, stop breathing. And he'd go. <gasps> and then he'd start Jeez, breathing oh and then God. he'd snore. I don't think I'm like that. Like that scares me. I mean. Oh, it's super scary. Well, see, mine, my issue is very strange because, like, for the past week, nothing. I have not snored one bit. How do you know? Because my wife tells me. She's uh, like, yeah. nothing, nothing at all. And then last night, she said I was snoring terribly. Hmm. But there's no change in my behavior or anything. Like, everything's all the same. So it's just a weird come and go thing. Maybe you don't and, actually snore. Maybe you just often have sawmill dreams and you make your own sound effects. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got a Cremona channel. Moonlighting. I'm doing the audio for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm going to be doing like a sleep study in the new year and try and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it's just so strange. Yeah, it's unhealthy so yeah Glad to hear well, your... i mean the craziest part is it hasn't affected me at all well like duh. i'm not tired right but <laughs> people with sleep apnea usually are super tired uh, they wake up saying they didn't sleep well i sleep like a freaking log i sleep yeah great. i think you're just i don't think you have sleep apnea i think you just snore mm-hmm. right you just have your airways or something well i think it's something with my my like did you ever break your nose and stuff a child no but i have this really strange condition with my nose that like i can only breathe out of one nostril at a time <laughs> oh god have you ever heard of this no no so literally like one of my nostrils will work at 100 percent. this podcast is and the other ones no at- dive. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh <my> god. <laughs> there it is <laughs> oh, this stinks uh, well so one of them works 100 percent. then the other one's at like like two percent like it will let in air and stuff, but I cannot like smell or anything. You can pick it. your nose. We'll allow it. Yeah. Feel free to clean clean house a little it's bit. It's totally clean. But then mm. out of the blue, I won't even notice and it will flip flop. <laughs> and I can then breathe out of the other one and then the other uh, Maybe the, you have the original like, one's not wor- a marble in there or like, like a weird side. Like a rattle flesh that like flops over from one side to the other. Is that a deviated septum? I've heard something like that. I mean, everyone. I'm going to get so many DMs that are like, "Bro, you got DM." Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, sleep with the tennis ball. But me, man, when I was six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're also going to get a ton of DMs that are like, "You guys spent half the time talking about Nick's nose." Yeah. (laughs) 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 Hey, we talk about the issues, people. Come what may. That's true. Right. What's important? Yeah. It's whatever. Whatever. Anyways. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, what are you uh what are you working on past these two nightstands, fellas? Anything? Well, we're still working on this collaboration with Paul. Oh, and, uh, that cat's Derek out of the bag Malden. on that, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, that thing's a, it's a whiskey cabinet. Crazy. It's, it's gorgeous. So cool. Are there so, two of them? And I was there's two. There's actually gonna be three. Oh, oh that I made makes enough sense pieces that there's for three. Two. Okay, that makes more sense now. 
Yeah, we're just running, you know, design challenges, like what we like, what we don't like. But so I was up in, up at Paul's shop Tuesday. And then because my grandfather's up north of Boston and he's, you know, in and out of the hospital hospice. So I went to see him and then came back. And when I came back to Paul's yesterday, opened the garage door and standing there is Eric freaking Curtis. No, no way. Love that guy. So I haven't seen him in a while. It was like, so it was so like, awesome. Good, cut our dovetails for us. Exactly. <laughs> he was already cutting them. So we did a little shop time all together. And then we went out to dinner and talked. And we were, got back to Paul's house. And they, while they were slinging back bourbon, I was slinging back seltzer and dark chocolate. So yeah, had a great time with Eric and Paul. <laughs> Go follow Eric E.N. Curtis on Instagram and Paul at Copper Pig and Derek at Derek from Alden. Uh yeah, I, Derek's my homeboy. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so were those um, were those brass star things that Derek was working on? Was that for the? Yeah, those are going to be inlaid into the coasters. So you're going to have round walnut coasters. that are going to be inlaid in. They're going to sit just yeah. proud of the surface, so the glasses sit on that rather than on the walnut. When you're, uh, uh, I was really hoping they were Chinese throwing stars. So is the idea that like you'll have a cocktail party with like sixty people and everyone will crowd around this cabinet and just set their drinks inside? <laughs> just, this yeah, you can only fit and, two bottles like, and two glasses, so it's really a two-man party. <laughs> intimate, oh, very intimate. Yeah, it's very small. Uh, <laughs> you guys just keep adding so much stuff to this that I keep expecting it to be like next. There's going to be a wall that you build that it hangs on. And then another wall attached to that wall. And then, like, you build the entire whiskey room. And then, like, you build the house around it. It's just going to keep going. It's a piece going. of furniture it's you the build it around. of the house. Well, then we took the whole cabinet yeah. and turned it sideways. We're like, ooh, I like the look of that, too. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, there's all Big kinds pill. of which Yeah, which I'm actually going to use that shape for something else. So, yeah, and that's the problem is you keep getting these ideas. Like, oh, we could do this or we could do that. And uh, it just becomes, oh, we'll do it on the next one. We'll do it on the next one. So hmm. it just stinks. You're to on the next one already. Yeah, but that's what happens when you do those collaborations because everyone kind of like puts in their idea and you feed off yeah. each other. And I don't know. You have more of like a desire and energy to do those extra things when you're with other people. Half the time in my shop, I'm like, this would be really cool, yeah. but I don't want to spend that right. much time. Right. And then you just move on. <laughs> No, it's true. That's how it was with these nightstands. I almost, I was tired. It was getting towards like later afternoon and I wanted to make those drawer pulls, those curved drawer pulls. And I almost was like, you know what? Knobs. going to put some <laughs> standard hardware on this thing, which would have looked fine, but it looks so much yeah. better with those drawer pulls. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, they look sweet. So did you- But to be completely honest between you guys, um- I watched my own YouTube video. <laughs> you forgot. Because I remember how to make them. <laughs> it's so. F- but I was happy to find out that it was an easy instructional video to follow <laughs> along with. I just like would play a minute, work up to that point, then play another minute, work up to that That's point. That's funny. That guy walked me right through. Wow. It. It was great. <laughs> I was. I was. Well, because there's a lot of things to remember. Because you have to set the auxiliary fence for the cove cut at a certain degree angle. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the degree angle. And then you have to take multiple passes on the table saw and you have to start at one degree and keep like working your way up, which it probably isn't that important to do those exact degrees. You can just eyeball it. But yeah. And anyways, what were you going to say, Nick? I was going to say, how how did you actually slot them in 
to the drawer face. <laughs> how do you think I did it? Well, with the origin, but like, how did you actually, did you just have the drawer face flat and use like the work surface or? Yeah, I just used the work surface and stuck it on that little surface thing sticking out with some double-sided tape and nice. wham, bam. And I mean, I just designed the little slot on the, um, on the machine. Originally I did a test cut with a quarter inch bit cause the piece oh, okay. going in there was like a quarter inch, um, tenon basically. Mm, yeah. But it was just a little looser than I thought I wanted with the quarter inch bit. So I switched it out to an eighth inch and I basically had to do two passes, two passes overlapping each other a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then I went to glue my first one in and I had it like a pretty tight fit. Like I could squeak it in there, but when I put glue on it, it was too tight. Oh, swell up. And a I got bit. it about halfway in and it stopped. Oh. I know I just thought if I did it real quick, yeah. but I got halfway in and stopped with this nice like eighth inch gap and I could not get it in any farther. I was pissed. So... I took out my good flush cut no Japanese pull saw. Oh, whoa. Cut it off, made a new one, and then I just, I already, it was on my work surface. That's the nice thing with the origin. I already had it all laid out, so I just re-slotted it oh, out. Oh, okay. nice. And then made it a hair bigger that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the quarter-inch bit would have been perfect. <laughs> oh, because it would have swole, <laughs> swole up a little bit on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have just... I should have just stuck with that. But no, that thing's sweet. I use that to do the little um, charging things on the mm. top too. Yep. It's so nice that you can, you do it where you know it's going to be tight and then you can just creep up doing just like a 64th, if that, each time, a couple thousandths of an inch until yep. you get that perfect fit, which is really yeah. nice. It's so wild. Speaking yeah. of getting stuck, I was remember we had talked about those Blum or Bloom uh, drawer adjusters. They're like little plastic things you can inset into the front of your drawers, and then when you put the screws in from behind, oh, yeah. you still have oh, some with the metal. Yeah, piton. Yes. So <laughs> I had to take off the drawer faces. I forget why, but anyway, what the one of the screws that went through the the drawer front into that connector stripped. Like, I don't know how it even stripped. I think the actual metal piece inside that plastic piece was just spinning. So I had to like... Maybe it happened when it fell on the ground. (laughs) I think this is before it fell. (laughs) So I'm like under there with putty knives and little uh, pry bars trying to pop this thing off. And I popped it off finally. But then I couldn't get the plastic thing out of the drawer face because it has little ribs that go down the side because it's meant not to come out. And it was such a tight fit. Oh. I'm like, how? I couldn't get it out. So I took my Dremel tool. <laughs> I took my oh, Dremel yeah. tool. Just like, and all <laughs> destroyed with like it. Little, it had a little sanding attachment. And all it was doing was melting the plastic and like mixing <laughs> with the walnut dust and turning it black. And so it eventually came out enough where I was able to, and I, I had my wife there, I'm like, because I was using a two, two of those quick grip clamps as a spreader to keep pushing it away oh. from the drawer. Freaking <laughs> finally it popped and just like <laughs> flew across my shop. Luckily it landed on my padded floors. But yeah, the whole thing was a nightmare. But those adjusters are I don't know if they're really necessary because there's a, there's there's enough adjustment in those slides with the little um Yeah. whatever the mounting things. 
whatever they're called. Um, but it, the little clips, yeah, the clips, the mountain clips. I call them the orange thing in Bobs. What's your mahazits? Yeah. Uh, but it was it was interesting to try it and see how it worked. It's definitely a lot more work. Uh, I just don't know if it's really necessary. So that's my opinion on mm. those. So if you'd like them, they're in my Amazon nice. store if you want to go pick some up and try them <laughs> out. They're not expensive. so. But you need a 20 millimeter bit. So you got to go metric, people. I don't know that's the best review that you could mm. <laughs> encourage right. people to. Well, hashtag not sponsored. Right. Oh, and the, yeah, those, those Bloom pushed open little mechanisms that I use. Yeah, apparently where I ordered them from, he sent me a little note in the package that said, these are, these are the last two that I have and they're discontinued by Bloom. Oh. <sighs> oh no. I was like, actually that's probably good because they suck. They're just a pain. <laughs> they must just be moving people towards Movento, which is way more expensive and still a pain. Oh yeah. You just need too much force to close them for that soft close and the Movento to engage and close the door or yeah. drawer. Yeah, push it really hard. Yeah. So I'm just going back. I'm you know, these nightstands are gonna end up being Fashioning some kind of pull and having regular soft clothes. But. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. Or just let it fall off the wall and the drawer will open yeah. automatically. That's, yeah. That's the best way. It really, yeah. I mean, it's the safest way. <laughs> <laughs> the quietest way. <laughs> oh, boy. Yo. Trying to find somebody because I wanted to shout them out. But I posted a picture of this puppy and got like a hundred of those heart likes on it. And so they're buried in my flipping DMs. But anyways, man, I feel bad. I can't find it. Anyways, we were talking last time about drawer slides and one of our listeners sent me a DM and said that they had some extra ones and they sent them to me. Oh, wow. Wow. How nice is that? Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, this is the worst shout out. (laughs) (laughs) But you know who you are. Man, I want to say it was like dog something, three dogs, dead dog. Three dog night. boy. Bad dog, something dog woodworking. Uh, Fluffy dog, fluffy dog workshop. Fluffy dogs. I'm going to find it out and I'm going to give them one hell of a shout out next time. I'm not going to. You're going to send them a free set of drawer slides. Yeah. Well, they sent them to me for free. I was like, I will gladly buy them from you. And he's like, no, just send me a t-shirt. Oh. But anyways, there's half of the shout out for this wonderful bloke who oh, sent me some drawers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nice. Oh, I wanted Thank to give you, you guys yeah. the update before we, on uh, because this is my one more day anyway, on the Facebook Reels experiment here. Oh, yeah. Where so, are you at? 25,000. No. <laughs> so 4.3 million plays, um, 5,940 bucks. Wow. So I should. That's pretty good. Hopefully we'll hit, I got one day left. And that's in 28 days or yeah, something? So 30, yeah, 29 days. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can make five grand a month just by posting old content, that'd be all right with me. Pretty solid. That'd be all right yeah. with me. Yeah. Wow. So I have two days left. Tomorrow and Saturday. So who knows? Maybe I'll get a couple bangers and end up hitting that 35000 and you're you guys are coming out here for Greta Van Fleet. For Greta Van Ooh. Fleet. That'd be awesome. We still got we time. Got 
I have faith. Plenty of time. Yeah. Yep. I got faith. Uh, we should look and see what their other concert dates are. That'd be so fun. I think I they play in Cincinnati. Oh. Which is... That's drivable. That's you know, 10 hours from 70 me. miles. 70 miles from my house. Oh, well, you know? that doesn't help. Oh. Jason. Oh, it doesn't? It's a little, <laughs> well, you come a little here farther from me. Come here first, and then it's a short oh. drive. You guys, I got to tell you something. So we got this puppy <gasps> driver yes. for Christmas, right? Um, and the breeder we got it from is in California, but they were going to meet us in Medford because it was kind of in the middle. They were driving up from California. I had to drive to Medford, which is three and a half hours south of us. Mm. And of course, I had to go pick it up the day after Christmas when we were having like a snow apocalypse. Oh. So I was driving in like a full on blizzard. The good part of this is there was hardly anybody on the road. The bad part is I almost died. Oh, no. Um, so I was driving down I 5. This is like a major interstate. So there's two lanes three in some places I'm coming around this corner and there was somebody in front of me. I was in the right lane. There's somebody in front of me. Well, they decide that they're going to exit off to the right. So they slow way down. And of course it's like snow and ice. So I didn't want to hit my brakes at all if I didn't have to. So instead of like slowing down, I decide I'll get into the left lane and just pass them over there. So I get into the left lane and right after them is this curve in the road. I come around the curve and there's another car that had obviously slid sideways and smashed head on into the guardrail. And there's sideways in my <gasps> lane, like right in front of me. And so I swerve to miss them. But as soon as I turn that hard, my car starts <gasps> literally spinning mm. in circles. Oh boy. So I pass them going sideways yeah they're going sideways so we're both going side like we're both sideways when i pass them and i literally miss swiping their car by it had to have been less than a foot wow and this guy is standing out next to his car he's not even in his car he's standing there trying to figure out what to do and he looks at me and we like lock eyes <laughs> as i slide past him sideways and i couldn't think what to do so i just wave and at him. I, <laughs> I love you <laughs> oh my god i waved and eventually like i came i came to a stop and i was able to like get straightened out but man there was a moment there where dude that is scary that was <laughs> that's yeah all for a all for a puppy yep and the poor pup was probably sleeping the whole time not i didn't even have the puppy yet oh you I were still on your way on there the way down there oh, on the way back right I had to leave pretty early. So this is before the snow plows or gravel trucks or anything had gotten out there. On the way back, it was all plowed and graveled and it was fine. But gravel. going down, it was a little dicey. Hairy. Yeah. Dicey. Little dicey. Ivor really wanted to go and I'm glad I didn't let him. Cause, oh, like, man. Yeah. But the reason did, I didn't let him was because it was a seven-hour drive, and he would have hated that. So, <laughs> did he know you were going to pick up the puppy, or he just knew yeah, you were going he on knew. a road we trip? Yeah, we gave him a we gave him a picture of it on Christmas. Um, okay, but he knew I was going to get it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So are they inseparable now? Yeah, they're pretty pretty good friends. I forgot how flipping hard puppies are, though. It's like having a <laughs> baby again. It's so much work. I gotta like constantly take them out to go to the bathroom and they don't know anything. They're so dumb when they're puppies. <laughs> they're either trying to like chew something they shouldn't or eat something that's gonna kill them or can't sleep through the night because their bladders aren't big enough. Man. Back to <laughs> like square one. Back to square one. What? Uh, how's he getting along with uh, Ava? Horribly. Ava doesn't want anything to do with her. Oh, <laughs> awesome. man. 
for the first day, she was kind of growling at her. She, I mean, Ava's never going to be aggressive, but they've warmed up a little bit. They can be in the same room now, so that's a oh, okay. step forward. That's a plus. Yeah, first Ava was like, I'm out of here, and she just went upstairs and laid on her bed. <laughs> but Oh, that's sad. I think they'll become friends. It'll just take a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or mortal enemies, one or the other. Yeah. Well, do we have any questions from our patrons? Yeah, we do. Uh-oh. We do. Well, then we better maybe head over to the after show and answer those. But before we do yeah. that, I would like to thank a few people. These are people that have just really gone out of their way to support and love us as a podcast, our returning top-tier patrons. And they are, in no order of importance, Adam McKeon, Jake Ellison at ellisonandco.woodcraft, with an S. Griffin, <laughs> Patrick Campo, Tim Bumgardner at EasonBumSTL, Nick Sabidra, Jordan at Rustic Creations, Chris Soder, Eric Spensley mm. at Spensley Design Co., Derek Jennings at Pecan Tree Design, Aaron Gregerson, Nolan Russell, Alan Dranberg, Ricky Harkins, Jeff Noel. Get this, Keith. It's mm? at G-H-I-J-K-M-N-O-P-63. Noel. Stop Nicole, it. Yeah, seriously. Nicole Lobby, Robert Fisher, Tyler Spangler at Spangler underscore woodworking, Andreas Wenmer at Jurassic.cc. He's from Sweden. Uh, we got mm. Michael Rod... Rod uh, yeah, that's right. At Rodcourt Restoration. <laughs> Yono Resch. At Yono28, Ben Fuller at August underscore trails underscore designs, and Nicholas Fairfield at Fairfield Woodworks, Michael Olson at m.j.olson2181, dot dot MJ not Mike Perhorhoff at Pioneer Home Repair, Alex Johnson at Johnson Works, and Nick Leonard mm-hmm. at Stated Woods Co. Whew, man, it's right. getting harder and harder to read through all those. You, you got your you huge, the pa- your Patreon lungs. I know. Read all those. Or our, or our Patron love. <laughs> uh, huge shout out to all our patrons. And if you're not a patron and you want to sign up and you get access to the after show, you go over to patreon.com slash shop sounds podcast. Just sign up over there. And we'd really appreciate it. We would love you forever. Right. Thank you, everyone, for the support this year. Because we're coming mm-hmm. back next year. Bigger and, well, I don't know about that. Well, a little, uh, maybe a little better than maybe. this year. Just Keith's morsels will be the same size, but the podcast will be yeah. even bigger. They might be a little puffier. We'll see, though. It'll just mm-hmm. be from bloating of all the crap I've been eating over the holidays. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, if we're going to the after show, after that story, Jason, I don't think I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to uh, take my own car. <laughs> That's probably wise. Okay. I'll see you guys all over right. there. All right. Okay. See ya. <laughs>